The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. I have manifested your name to the people whom you give me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given is me, Uh, given me is from you for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and they have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me I am praying for them I'm not praying for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours Will you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, you are such an amazing God and Father. You have this entire world um, in your sights and in your grasp, and yet you take this time to join us on a very personal level. As we move through in our time of message, I pray that uh, you cover our pastor, Pastor Randall, uh, that he may fill the gap between your word and this world and that he may open your eyes and your heart, not only to the word, but to one another. Lord, we offer these and all things up in your son's name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. All right. Well, um, before I get into today's message, I just want to say that this this past week we had uh, some volunteers that came out to our UC celebration and just community members come out and right up the street at Stanley Park, there was about 4,500 people that came through in our community. And the cool part about that is, you know, we say we're a church for our city. That's something that our city has done long before our church was here. But we were able to jump in, be a part of it, serve. And so I just want to say thank you to all the volunteers that were there. And, uh, you know, one of the things is not just that I say, hey, we want to be a church for our city. But uh, the cool part is this, past, this, this year I was able to serve as the co-chair for uh, the celebration. So my encouragement to you is this, that you can take the gospel and who you are and the talents and the abilities that you have not just here on a Sunday morning, but out in the world and, and be a blessing to people out in our community. Um, so just thank you for those of you who are able to be there, jump in and serve. Uh, second is uh, this morning we had about 30 guys that came out to our GC men as we kicked off our men's ministry that's happening here at Grace City. Is that pretty awesome? Yeah, so if you weren't able to make it this morning, uh, it's at 9.30, and it'll be every other week. So not next week, but the week after, we will be back, same place, uh, talking about Jesus and how that impacts our lives as men, and Matt Gore is doing a fantastic job with that. Also, yesterday, we had the women, GC women, that kicked off yesterday. Can we give it up for the ladies? Yeah. And from what I heard, my wife told me they had a great time, and one baptism uh, came out of that yesterday. So there will be a baptism 
today after service, Cammie's going to be getting baptized. Uh, praise God. Praise God for that. Uh, so if you aren't involved with that, this is the invitation. Jump in. Jump in. It's for you uh, to be a part of that. Okay, so our series. Uh, we are in the second week of our series, Jesus' Prayer. And I want us to think about that for a minute. God prays. We get to listen in on God's prayer. See, Jesus is God. And in the flesh, it, it, with you and me, he prays. And so our text today is John 17, 6 through 9. And, and, and here's the message. Reshaped through prayer. Reshaped through prayer. As we listen into God praying, it should reshape us. Why do you pray? In 2014, research came out saying that 55% of Americans pray every day. And I would wonder, like, what's the percentage of people at Grace City that would say, yeah, I, I pray? We could say that we pray, but, but why do we pray? Well, what's the motivation behind our prayers? Martin Luther once said, grant that I may not pray alone with the mouth. Help me that I may pray from the depths of my heart. What's the motivation of our prayer? See, for many of us, it's easy to come to God and say, God, here's what I need. Please give it to me. But what Luther's talking about here is something much deeper that goes all the way down to our hearts. See, prayer is about connecting with God from the heart level. And as we connect with him, he will reshape us from the inside out. Jesus' prayer in John 17 is from the depths of his heart. And his prayer is meant to reshape anyone who reads it. See, we, we need Jesus' prayer. Why? Because there is an angst in all of us that we can't shake. There, there's something in us that we know that there has to be something more. English writer and professed atheist Julian Barnes once said, I don't believe in God, but I miss him. Whether we believe in God or not today, there is a huge God-shaped hole in all of us. Deep down, we all need him. Blaise Pascal once said, what else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help. Since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. 
What will fill the gap and the void in our lives? A true, a deep relationship with our creator. See, that's why some of you are here today. Whether you believe it or not, our generation is searching for something more. And today, Jesus teaches us that that God is relational. That he comes into our lives. And when you truly meet him, he will reshape you. You will never be the same when you meet God for who he truly is. So our text is John 17, 6 through 9. And just to give some background on our text today, Jesus had just told his disciples that he was leaving. And that as he dies, they were going to fail. They were going to face plant. Their faith wasn't going to be based on their ability if they were going to survive. But because of Jesus, because of what he's going to do and and what he will do in their lives, they were going to overcome some of the biggest obstacles that they could have ever faced. See, how do we overcome? How are we reshaped on this journey in life? It starts with prayer. And how does Jesus' prayer reshape how we pray? Well, it reshapes us in three ways, and I'll give you all three up front. Jesus' prayer reshapes our perspective, reshapes our beliefs, reshapes our security. Our perspective, our beliefs, our security. So the first one is our perspective. Uh, Look at verse 6. Here's what it says. Jesus says, I have manifested your name. What does he mean? D.A. Carson on this verse says, God's name embodies his character. To reveal God's name is to make God's character known. I never knew why my dad gave me the name Randall. And then I asked him one day. I said, Dad, what, what, what's, what's the deal with, with Randall? Why'd you name me that? It's a little weird. I don't meet many Randalls these days. Why didn't you name me like Scott or Trent? I don't know. But why'd you, why'd you name me Randall? And he said, um, I had a friend in high school named Randall. And he was one of my best friends. And I invited him one day to come with me and ride motorcycles, but instead his his parents said it wasn't safe for him to do that. So he went back home and went to another friend's house instead and ended up getting a gun out in his dad's room and he ended up shooting himself. There, in that moment, things started to come to life for me. I said, wow, there's more depth to my name than I realized. It's a connection point to my dad and his life. And what we find is as Jesus says, I have manifested your name, what we find out is there is a lot more to the name of God than just, well, yeah, that's God. There's a story there. You see, have you ever wondered what God was like? Jesus says, look at me. I am personifying God. The God 
of the Bible. See, everything you see in Jesus is true about God. Isaiah 52, 6 predicted that this was going to happen. It says, therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, in that day, they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. Here's the beautiful thing about the God that we serve. God didn't just tell us, here's who I am. No, he said, I'm going to manifest myself. And I'll show you who I am. I'll come down to you. And show you who I am through the life of Jesus. See, he says, therefore in that day, in that day, they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. I remember I was sitting around in a circle in youth group one time and uh, the question was asked, well, what do you think God is, is like? What, what is he what, what, what comes to mind? And as we're sitting in the circle, one guy says, well, stained glass windows. I just think of stained glass windows when I think of God. And then another uh, kid says, well, uh, for me, it's just this bearded guy, older guy, long beard, kind of like Santa Claus. And we've got all these different ideas about what we thought God was like. But here's the deal. We, we were all wrong. We were all wrong. We were off base. See, we, we can have ideas about God. But in the Bible, we find out that God says who God is. So this is who I am. Let's be honest. I, I don't want my ideas about God. Because they're usually wrong aren't they? And even in our struggles, our doubts, our fears, all of those things, in that moment, if we were real, and somebody would ask us, well, what, what do you think God is like? Honestly, we would be off. Because we wouldn't be trusting who he was, who his character is. Well, God's really not that good right now because I'm not going through good circumstances. See, our ideas about God, I, I don't want those. What I want is the truth. And here's what we find. The truth is manifested in Jesus. In Jesus. See, in Jesus, we find out what God says about God. And he doesn't only say it, he lives it out. He walked this earth. For many of us, our perspective of God must be reshaped. Be reshaped. J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, says, Disregard the study of God, and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded. As it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way you can waste your life and lose your soul. See, a biblical understanding of God reshapes our perspective on how we see the world. 
hold on, even though I'm not going through good circumstances right now, God, God's still good? Yeah. Help me to believe, God, when I don't see it. See, that's where we must start when we pray. Knowing God, knowing his character, knowing who he is, a change in our perspective as we see him manifested in the life of Jesus. Like, what is God like? Look at Christ. He says, I have manifested his name. The attributes are all there. So the second area in our life where we really need to be reshaped, and and we see it in Jesus' prayer, is this, our beliefs. Uh, Look at the second half of verse 6. He says, I have manifested your name, okay, to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, there's a lot here. And we're going to break this down together. But here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus tells us two truths that help reshape our beliefs. The first one is this. This idea that God saves. That God's the central figure. Because he says this phrase. He says, to the people whom you gave me. Who's the focus? God. Here's what that means. If we're here today and we say that we're Christians, say, man, I am in Christ today. I'm a believer in God. It's only because of a gracious God. Not because we're smarter than other people. We're just the right type of person that would be a Christian more holy than other people. Well, I'm just a good person, so that makes me more likely to follow God. That's not what this means. That's not what we see in Scripture, because it's like Psalm 3, uh, 8 says, salvation belongs to the Lord. See, it's in His hand. It's God who, who, who does it. See, if you're in Christ, God has done a miracle in your life. There's no room for pride because if we're honest, many of us would look at our lives and say this. I can't believe I'm a Christian. (laughs) Me? A Christian? I, I I can't believe that I'm a Christian. I never thought I'd be a Christian. Now, if you were to take Randall today, 34 years old, take him back about... 15 years, right? Like, um, and you were to surround him by some of the people that he went to high school with and say, okay, do you predict that Randall would be the person that he is today? Many would say, no way. No way. That guy? What? Unlikely. See, it's a miracle of what God does when when we truly become a Christian. And the only one that we can give credit to is, is, is God. See, just knowing this should reshape our prayers. We should say, well, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Again, D.A. Carson says, being a disciple was not rooted in anything intrinsic to the people themselves. They were part of the wicked world, but God gave them to Jesus out of the world's. 
Do you want to look at the people that were following Jesus at that time? They were a ragtag bunch. They, they were not the, the cream of the crop. They were not the ones that would be expected to go change the world. But God looked at them and says, I want those ones. Have you ever felt like you were on the outs? Have you ever felt like, oh, I, I was the one that was last chosen? No one sees me. That makes you a prime person to be one that God says, yep, I'm going to use you. See, it's God that does it. It's God that saves. But also this, we learn this, it reshapes us because we know that grace covers. See, if we learn that, that God doesn't choose based on some criteria of, well, they're just better than other people, then what that means is it's open to anyone. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, it's open to anyone. It's about God's grace, not about our goodness. And at the end of the verse, Jesus says this that helps reinforce it. He says, and they, the disciples, have kept your word. What does he mean here? Let's think about this for a minute. In, in John 16, 31 through 32, Jesus had just said to his disciples that they would all fail him. So how can he now say to them, or to, to God, the Father in prayer, well, they've kept your word. Aren't they all failures? When Jesus uses the term word, he's referring to his message. It's just a simple message. Here's what the message is, the gospel. Good news. See, here's the good news. The disciples didn't have it all together, but they simply believed in Jesus. They trusted him. You remember that scene when, when Peter is, is asked, uh, Jesus looks at him and says, well, are you going to leave me too? And Peter looks back at him and says, where else am I going to go? I've left everything and you're the, you're the only one that has the words of eternal life. That's all I've got. It's just God's grace, God's mercy, like an ocean just overwhelming these men. See, the disciples didn't have it all together, but they believed the truth that God sent Jesus. See, Jesus says, he says, um, they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. See, what is it that covers our failures? What is it that covers our mistakes? What is it that we can come to God in prayer and say, God, please listen to me? It's just Jesus. That's it. See, some of us haven't prayed for a long time. And the reason we don't pray is because we say, well, there's no way that God could hear me. He knows the week I've had. He knows the doubts that have gone through my head. He knows the kind of person that I've been. Why would God listen to me? The same thing was true about the disciples. 
But Jesus looked at his disciples and said, I look at them and I know that they believe the word. The gospel, the simple gospel that they believed in, in me. What is it that's going to encourage you to come to God? Do, do you believe that? Do you believe that you can approach him with that kind of confidence? Because he's ushering you in today, saying, come to me, come talk to me. I know. I already know. And I already died for it. When you do, it, it changes the way you communicate with God. Um, I remember I was starting an internship. I, I just started this internship. I was new in a ministry and I was just super insecure. And I remember walking into this church service, this huge church, I was doing this uh, internship at. And I walked into the service, I didn't know where to sit, and so I just kind of sat by myself and was listening to the message, did the singing, and communion was being passed. I don't know what I was doing, but wasn't focusing right, and I took the communion tray, and as I was trying to hold the communion and take it out, I dropped the whole tray on myself. Okay, so I'm sitting there, and the, I'm the, like, this isn't like I was hanging out in the back. I was sitting in the middle. Okay, so as the communion spills all over my shirt, pants, everything, things go tumbling. Uh, people just looked at me. It's like one of those long looks, like slow, but like I just heard something and it's probably communion and it's all over that guy. Great. You know, like that was, uh, that was embarrassing. And, uh, and so I remember just like, uh, what do you do? Okay. So I just picked up what I could took the communion tray, passed it over. Thank you, it's a big church, so people don't know who I am, and they don't know I'm an intern here, and I'm gonna walk out. And so I just walked out of the service with just juice covering me, maybe a couple crackers here and there, but <laughs> walked out and was super embarrassed. And I remember going home and just feeling like, wow, you really messed that one up, Randall. You really messed that one up. Like, what was that about? Um, don't try to take the communion tray and just hold it in one hand and try to get everything else out with the one hand when you have another hand here. You could have done that. Like, that's not cool. And so, um, and I was just brought to prayer. And it started as God, like, why'd you bring me here? I, I'm a fool. I can't believe I did that. All those people saw me. And what happened was, as I started to pray, it started to reshape me and it's the Lord started to point me to, I was focusing way too much on myself and not on the one who I was covered with. <laughs> what was that communion all about? It was the blood of Jesus. It's the body that was broken for me. What is it that covered me that I could come to God in prayer in that moment and, and even in my embarrassment, my shame, I could still come to him and say, Lord, don't you hear me? It was, it was just the, the, the representation of the communion that I was covered in Christ. 
just covered in Jesus. See, that's what it is. See, and, and for us, as, as our beliefs start to change, and we start to be reshaped by this idea that, well, it's God that saves me. It's his grace that covers me. It's Jesus that covers me. You will come to God in prayer. And your communication with him will change. Mine changed that day. I didn't walk in as a, an intern that was filled with pride about how great I was. I was filled with like, Lord, all I got is you. All I got is you. And so the last part is, is this. It's third, it's, it's our security. Our security. Verse nine, Jesus says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Jesus is praying for his disciples. And you're going to see him later praying for believers. But he's praying specifically in this moment for his disciples. He's he's looking at them. Lifting up this prayer. I mean, John is the one who records this, and so he had to have heard this prayer that was being prayed specifically for him. He has the king of all creation looking at him and saying, I'm praying for you. See, Jesus gives this special attention to his disciples in this moment. And what he's doing is he's saying, you know what, like, as I'm praying for you, I hope you find security not in yourself, but in this prayer that's being lifted up for you right now. Do you know that Jesus came He lived the life. He died for us. But he also prayed for us. When we didn't know what to pray or how to pray. He comes in and he intercedes on the disciples' behalf. When he knows that they're going to be weak. We journey a little bit further. And what we find is that as Jesus says, hey, guys, can can you pray for me? His best friends, can you guys just pray for me? What we find is that they're asleep. He looks at them. He he doesn't judge them. He just says, you know, the the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And even as Jesus is in his weakest moments, and he's going to be obliterated by sin and death, he stands in the gap and he prays for them. Who is it that we find our security in when everything else fails? When our faith fails? When when we're just so weak that we can't do it any longer? It's found in the one who prayed for us when we couldn't pray. When we didn't have the strength to pull through. 
There's a song uh, that recently came out by an artist named Lecrae. It's called I'll Find You. And a few years back, I mean, Lecrae was a Christian rapper. Not, not a whole lot of people knew him outside of like the Christian world, but then he got really big. Mainstream. A lot of people started uh, speculating, judging him because he's just gotten mainstream. And so there's a lot of people that, that wanted to tear him down, but I, I can see what, what he's saying in here in this is as he's, he's trying to find his, his security. And here's what he says in this song. He says, I'm hanging on by a thread and all I'm clinging to is prayers. And every breath is like a battle. I feel like I ain't come prepared. And death's knocking on the front door, pain's creeping through the back, fear's crawling through the windows, waiting for him to attack. I'm smiling in everyone's face. I'm crying when, whenever they leave the room. They don't know the battle I face. They don't understand what I'm going through. And then the chorus is, just fight a little longer, my friend. It's all worth it in the end. But when you've got no one to turn to, just hold on and I'll find you. I'll find you. I'll find you. Just hold on and I'll find you. See, where is our security found in? And knowing that Jesus is going to find us in our darkest moments. And knowing that Jesus prayed for his disciples when they couldn't pray any longer. And it's him that is the one who puts everything together when it's falling apart. So just some takeaways for today. How can I be reshaped? You listen, you say, well, how, how is it that God's going to reshape me? Here's my first challenge. Start with the word. Start with the word. My, my challenge to you this summer is this. Read one of the gospels this summer. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Read through it. All the way through, one of them, just one of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. We're going through John right now. We've been going through it for a long time. But I would challenge you, because, because here's what's going to happen. Many of us say, well, well, well God, I, I don't know what you're like. I don't know if I can trust you. I really don't know how to relate to you. Learn who Jesus is. He's the only one that came to manifest the name of God. He's the only one who embodies God. He's in the flesh. He shows us who he is. See, we don't have to do the guessing game. We can see him right here. Because here's what happens. There are many doubts, fears, false ideas that we have about God that creep in. But here's what will come back in your mind as you read through one of the Gospels. You're going to say, oh, wait, that's what I thought. But then look at what Jesus did here. But look at what, who he was. That's not who God is. The thought that I had that went through my mind, that's not him. Because this is what Jesus did. See, it's wrapped up in the character of God. And so here's some questions to ask when studying. And 
I think we put these on the app too. And so if you don't have the app, go through the notes. But this is three simple questions that, that will help you as you're studying the Word. So you read a little section. Here's, here's three simple questions. First one is this. What does this say about God? Second is, what does this say about me? And third is, what would happen if God changed me? Just three simple questions as you're studying the Word. What does this say about God? Here's, the, here's what the Bible is. This is God's book. This is God's story. He is the main character. A lot of the times we say, well, what does this mean for me in my life? And how do I become a better person? That's not what this is. This starts with God. Okay? So one of the things that I do is I, I got this yellow highlighter and I just highlight the name of God everywhere in that little section. Helps me. It just sticks out to me. Oh, says God a lot. This must be about him. So you start there. And then secondly, you ask the question, well, what does it say about me? Okay, well, where, what's, what's the deficiency? Where, where's the areas, where are the gaps that God fills in my life? And then lastly, what would happen if God changed me in this area? Okay, so try, like, as you're applying the word, like, ask some of those questions when you're studying. Just three simple questions. What does it say about God? What does it say about me? What would happen if God changed me? The second is seek a relationship. Seek a relationship. There is a danger to knowing the word of God, but not seeing it as a relationship with God. Because what happens is we get very puffed up in our knowledge of God, but it doesn't hit our heart. See, the, the, we, we fall into two traps. It's either we, we all want the, the heart and the fuzzies and the feels, and we don't want any of the head knowledge, and we push that away, ah, doctrine, we don't need that. No, that's not what this is. Because what happens is our heart leads us astray. Okay, the feels lead us astray. Jeremiah says our heart is deceptive. <laughs> so don't, don't let that guide, but also know that God hits your heart. And so it's knowledge, it's knowing more about who Jesus is, knowing more of the word of God, but then saying this is a heart thing too. Saying, Lord, well, like, this is a relationship with you. What, what does this look like? Um, and so my question is, is this real for you? Is this real is this, is the word of God, as Hebrews chapter four says, living and active, dividing things in our hearts. And, and here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna say, ooh, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't know if I agree with that. I like this type of Jesus better. No, it's meant to push us in the direction of a real relationship with the real Jesus who will ruffle our feathers from time to time. And that's how you are reshaped. It's reshaped in our beliefs. It's reshaped in everything. And we say, oh, wow, God, like, thank you. Gives us a different perception on life. And the beautiful part is he doesn't give up on us. He doesn't give up on us. So, um, Jean uh, Guyon uh, says this. She, she says in the, the book, Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ, 
She said, when I speak of this deep inward relationship to Jesus Christ, what do I mean? She says, actually, it is very simple. It is only the turning and yielding of your heart to the Lord. It is the expression of love within your heart for him. That's what I mean when this is, when I'm talking about, is this real? As we're on this journey and God is reshaping us, there are going to be things you don't understand. You're not going to understand it. When I was growing up, um, during the summers, my dad, who works for the airlines, would make a decision um, during the summer that we were going to drive places like long distances. So one summer, we drove from Indianapolis, Indiana, all the way to Las Vegas, Nevada, and everywhere in between. Um, One of the thoughts that went through my mind was this, Dad, you work for the airlines. We fly for free. Why would we drive all the way from Indiana to Las Vegas and back. I didn't understand it at the time. But as I look back, as a dad, I understand. We could have got there a lot quicker if we would have just flown. But my dad didn't want just for us to get there. He wanted the relationship. And what we have are a bunch of crazy stories of us driving from Indiana to Vegas and back. And it reshaped me. Reshaped me. Made me a different person. See, in his prayer, Jesus poured out his heart. But we know that not too long after that, Jesus was pierced through the heart. His friends would leave him, he would be brutally beaten, he would be rejected by God the Father on the cross. Why'd he do it? For you and for me. That we would believe in him. That we would simply believe. That we wouldn't doubt God any longer and say, well, how could God love me? If God really loved us, then why are we here? Going through all the mess that we're going through. No, God God didn't just say he loves us. He showed us he loved us by going all the way to the cross. And he says, if if you simply believe in me, trust me, you'll be reshaped by me. And you can come to him in prayer and you can talk through everything that you don't understand. Those conversations like, hey, God, couldn't we have just flown? Could we just got there a little quicker? Now we're going to take the drive. We're going to take the long drive. And we're going to build our relationship in the process. Would you allow Jesus to be enough for you today? Let's pray. 
Jesus, we thank you that prayer is not just a chore, that we say we do it or we, we get something out of it, um, but that, God, it, it shapes us for the long haul and, and brings us closer to you in ways that we would have never expected. Thank you that you love us through it all. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.